all for tuning in with us this morning um, on this wonderful, beautiful morning of uh, January 30th, 2021. Um, every week we always begin, uh, or we like to begin our podcast by reminding our audience that the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast can be found on Facebook via the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast page, on Spotify as the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts as the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast, as well as our own Facebook pages uh, via Brandon Price and Jamar Goodman, amongst other streaming platforms. Uh, once again, today is January 30th, 2021, and we have seen again an interesting week in the sports world where we saw Mr. Tom Brady uh, clinching a Guinness World Record, 10th Super Bowl appearance upon his first season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, being the first team in NFL history to host a Super Bowl on their own home field. Mr. Aaron Rodgers uh, becoming an emotional wreck, uh, which for me, I must admit, is so fun to watch as a Bears fan. Cry, complain about the Green Bay organization, having a good amount of venting time, y'all, this week with his fellow friend, Pat McAfee, on the Pat McAfee Show. Uh, Mr. Patrick Mahomes showing the world uh, the distance between themselves and the rest of the AFC and possibly the NFL. Alongside uh, our sister Candace Parker, longtime Los Angeles Sparks Ford, now acquired by the Chicago Sky, and a fellow Chicagoan, Mr. Dwayne Wade, have a special message for the Los Angeles Sparks organization. And with that being said, introducing my brother from another mother, Mr. Jamar Goodman. Jamar, top of the morning. How are you, sir? And I'm doing really good, man. How are you doing this morning? I'm great, man. I'm great. Yes. Thank you for tuning in with us as always, my brother. And introducing our guest this morning, making his first grand appearance on the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast, whom is a great friend and mentor of mine and former manager uh, back at a huge financial firm when I was fresh out of undergrad. He really taught me a lot about the world of trading. Mr. Kevin Clark, good morning. How are you, sir? I am doing fine. Thanks, Brandon. And thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You found someone yeah. older than uh, Tom Brady here. That's why, you know. <laughs> and just as just as white as him too but yeah it's someone older than all right yes thank you mr clark for joining us man and so uh let's begin our segment today with an analysis guys of the nfc and afc championship games so we're not making any picks this week so i think we should do some analysis right jamar so yep. jamar we'll begin with you uh by the way world and by the way kevin this brother Jamar never seems to ever pick any wrong NFL game. Um, it is absolutely amazing. Every game he picks, every team he sees coming out of the blue, they just come to fruition. And um, I think it's only fitting to begin our NFC and AFC championship game analysis with Jamar, followed by you, Kevin, and I will just chime in with you guys alongside. Um, so, Jamar, can you give our viewers this morning an analysis of why the Packers and Aaron Rodgers lost yet another NFC Championship game? He's now one and four, Mr. Aaron Rodgers, and why Tom Brady is going to his 10th Super Bowl. What did the Buccaneers do so well and the Packers not do so well? And were there any questionable plays or opportunities that were left on the field from the Packers? Yeah, now we know there was definitely one play in particular to – where the Packers, we would have thought they at least had an opportunity to tie the game. And that's, uh, 
you know, when it was about three minutes left, three to two minutes left in the game, and they was down eight. And on that third down where Aaron Rodgers decided to throw the ball in traffic to Devontae Adams when he was at the goal line when it seemed like Devontae Adams – I mean, Aaron Rodgers had a wide open field to, to run it in. I feel like any other time in the past he would have done that, so just indecisiveness there. And then when Matt LaFour decided to kick the field goal instead of going for it on fourth down, you know, that, that was kind of telling. Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur. <laughs> and, you know, that 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 decision right there, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers definitely uh, made it known that he had nothing to do with that after the game. So, yeah, he thought it was four downs, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, all in all, like, I guess when it counted most, didn't get it done between him and the coaching, it just didn't get it done. And so, and I feel like that was probably the biggest reason in this game for the biggest factor of why the Buccaneers going to the Super Bowl and why the Packers are at home once again watching it. Um, you know, that play at the end of the half for Tom Brady when you thought, you know, he was going to throw a quick out to get a field goal. Instead, he throws a deep bomb to Scotty Miller, who who caught the uh, defense lacking, and all of a sudden, they're up 11 points at halftime. So that cornerback name is Calvin King, and I think possibly this is why Mike Pettin is no longer the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator, is I think the organization was pissed off that, uh, right, Kevin, that this number 20 got exposed the entire game. The whole game, he, he was getting he 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 got he got the first touchdown given up on him by um uh Evan Turner well Mike Evans and then after Mike Evans he gave up the touchdown to Scotty Miller and then at the end of the game guys he gave up that pass interference call in the fourth quarter and so this kid got exposed and and Tom Brady totally took advantage of this guy so um that that was important um I also want to bring up a point also, Kevin, and maybe you noticed this. Um, the three interceptions that Tom Brady had and the Packers getting the ball and the opportunity to do things with them. And they, on all three of those interceptions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense stepped up. Yeah, they only got six points off the three turnovers. I mean, they got to get more than that. And getting back to what Jamar was saying, I mean, the, the play – the play at the end of the, at the end of the game, how do you mm-hmm. give Tom Brady the ball back? I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. uh, you've been watching. If you've been watching football for the last 15 years, Tom Brady runs out the clock the best. So yes, you watch a million new England games and every time a team is trying to come back in the fourth quarter, they'll get first down after first down. You don't kick a field goal. I was, you know, and I'm a Bear fan, thankfully, and if the Packers won, it would have been held. At, <laughs> you know how it is, right? right? You know, these, yes. A lot of Packer fans now where we live in Arlington Heights, it's, it's bad. And, yeah. And, uh, I didn't feel bad, but I was yelling at the TV like the coach is an idiot. That the floor blew the game right there. You got to go for it. I mean, you got to be aggressive against Tom Brady. You can't be passive. No, you, you can't. can't. Be passive. And like Jamar was saying, he, Brady could have ran that. I mean, uh, Rogers should have ran that ball in on third down. At least, yeah. get to like, he at least could have got to the three or four yard line. And then it's it a more manageable fourth, fourth down. down. Yeah. But you don't kick it with 210 to go. It was, it was two minutes and 10 seconds to go. 
and you don't kick a field goal to go down five. Brady just needs two first downs. He got uh-huh. two first downs, game was over, or they got a third first down, but they didn't even need it. But you don't give – if you've been watching football the last 18 years, you don't give the ball back to Tom Brady late in the fourth quarter to run out the clock. He's the uh-huh. best at running out the clock. It, it, they would Indeed. Would I mean, they would just kill him. And then back to the end of the first half, I mean, the defensive scheme also for the Packers on – Tampa Bay has the ball at the – a uh, 40-yard line with one timeout and 14 seconds to go, or 13 seconds to go. You do not let mm-hmm. them pass. They I'm like, this is a, oh, I'm like, this is a Las Vegas Raiders, New York Jets 2.0. I know they didn't have a time. I don't think Tampa Bay had a timeout even, so they had to throw to the sideline, or they had to go throw it deep. So you, you just guard the deep pass and you guard the sideline. You make them throw a short pass in the middle. You tackle exactly. them the half. They would have had a kick. Run out the half. If he run, if he makes a fifty-five yard field goal, great, fine, fifty-yard, five-yard field goal. But you don't let him beat the guy. I mean, you don't let Scotty Miller run behind you. And don't get me wrong, Scotty Miller, Kevin, is a fast kid. He's I heard. Fast. I heard this. I heard this kid is um. Oh, he's four, three tops. Take the top, take the top off your defense just like that. Oh yeah, Scotty Miller. Uh, is e- fast. Right. Even regardless of that, the you know Buccaneers top. I mean, sorry. Mike Penn, he should have really known, like, but I don't think he was there back when Erlach and Briggs and those guys and Julius Peppers was there. But I know you guys remember. One thing about us with our defense and what really kept us in the game against San Rogers quite often is that we would play a deep cover. We would have our safeties and our defense back to not let Aaron Rodgers beat us over the top. Right. Mike Penn should have somehow just took notes of this and stated, right. okay, and it's a basic defense that a lot of teams run against great quarterbacks that they know can manipulate, you know, cornerbacks uh, and safeties and different things, make them bite, boom. And so um, just have some guys that's back there waiting. But the, I, I don't know why you would play press coverage. Press coverage, that is like totally 50-50. That means if that guy gets past your cornerback and then that safety somewhere looking at somebody in the middle, such as, um, the various threats that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have outside of Scotty Miller, which is why it's important to have weapons. You got somebody that's wide open over the top. Yeah, so, um, it was really awful defensive scheme right there at the end of the half. Because if you're going down, if you go going to half 14 to 10 or 17 10, it's no, no big deal. And right. you got the ball to start the second half, but you're down 21 10, and then you fumble to start the second half. I mean, um, you know, that was, that was killer. I mean, I think, and then the whole rest of the second half, Rodgers was just fighting to try to come back and he made some good plays, but it's hard to come back from 18 points down in the second half of a game. I mean, so, and again, when your coach doesn't let you try to win the game, you know, those two things, it, it was hard for the Packers to come back. It was just, you could tell they were struggling to come back and, and you could tell Tampa Bay was holding on, but you don't give the ball to Brady and he always do is make two or three first downs. I mean, yeah. that, just, that was insane. And I, and the Packer fans are mad. I mean, all the Packer fans I know are just. Uh, let them be mad, Kevin. Who cares? <laughs> I don't yeah, care. We, we have to suffer with our Bears. We have exactly. to suffer. Exactly. It would have been a long. Totally live. It would have been a long winter if uh, the Packers uh, made a Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. We, we, it's, it's, it's a long enough winter. Right. It'd, it'd be, it's going to be, it'd be a, a really long winter. It'd be even more longer, yeah, if the Packers or the Whackers went to the Super Bowl. 
Uh, that made my day. I was I was happy from that point on. Once I knew that that clock hit zero and that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won. Um, shout out to Jamar for making that pick. I really thought that the Packers were going to expose. I really thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be this bad man. I thought he was. But when he went up against the GOAT, he looked like he played a great game, guys. It's just that Tom Brady somehow, he just does enough to make the better decisions in the game. And he's like, it's like a game of darts with Tom Brady. Like, who's going to make the better decisions over time? And Tom Brady just always seems to come out on top. And so um, shout out to the Buccaneers defense, Todd Bowles, phenomenal job that they did on Aaron Rodgers to hold them uh, amongst those three interceptions in the first half. Uh, those were key pivotal moments. And so, um, yeah, Tampa Bay hosting another. I mean, this is amazing, Tom Brady. Like 10th Super Bowl, guys. We, we, we're excited to get to one Super Bowl in 2006. And the Bears fans, these, I don't want to call them like pre-Dallas Cowboys fans. We're still talking about 1985. You guys were still even talking born. about the '85 Bears. You weren't even Tom. Yeah, exactly. Like me or Jamar, and here we're looking now, and this is all the fans are still talking about. Like, guys, can we please get over this stuff? Like, we want a more recent championship, a more recent, um, you know, ring, or for for these Bears players. And right now, it's just looking like. Um, the way our organizations ran, Kevin, I don't know if we're going to get that anytime soon. So, um, yeah, uh, keep that, keep that, uh, that, that, that Cubs um, hoodie on because uh, that looks like that's our best Sox. hope. I'm going to have to get a White Sox hoodie soon because they're, they're that's our that's count. our best hope, guys. And maybe that's our best hope, and maybe the Chicago Sky, yeah. uh, the Bulls, no. The Bears, no. Cubs, no. Maybe the White Sox. Maybe the Chicago Sky. I might have to, I might have to turn into a total White Sox fan. Uh, we'll see. You never know. All right. Yes. Uh, me and Jamar, we are. Uh, we bleed South Side, and so okay. we it's love. Okay. We, we, yeah, I like you guys, so it's fine. I I don't have anything against. Yeah. Them. Right. We like you too, Kevin. So yeah. you know, it's all good. We understand. I'm North Side Chicago. Passion. I'm North Side Chicago. Born and raised North Side Chicago. So that's right. Yes. Yes. All right. And so um, that covers uh, the NFC Championship analysis, guys. Um, just curious, guys. When Tom Brady retires, how many thirty for thirties do you think he will have that will highlight his career? Example given: his revenge tour with the Bucks. Like, will this be a whole 30 for 30 episode by itself? Like, maybe 15, 20, 30 years from now? And if you had to give this a fine name, what would you give it, guys? So, Kevin, let's begin with you. I'm How many 30 for 30s do you think Tom Brady will have in total? Like, as example, maybe one for Tampa Bay, maybe his long tenure with the, you know, New England Patriots. How many 30 for 30s do you think? This I think happen? it's just going to be one long one. Maybe with his New England, uh, emphasizing New England. I mean, it's going to be called the GOAT. You know, it's some, you know, just keep it simple. Uh, I mean, the revenge tour, I, I think he's got a couple more years in him. I just can't see. He's 43 years old. You know, I, I, I just I can't believe it. Uh, next year will be interesting in that they play at New England. Uh, Tampa mm -hmm. Bay. So that will be like the game of the year. 
they're going to, you know, the uh, regular season game of the year and the revenge tour against Bill Belichick. Uh, I think it'll keep it simple. Name it the goat. I mean, he's, he is the goat. He's so easily, when you talk about, you know, you have a debate in NBA of the goat in yep. NFL, you don't because he's been to 10 Super Bowls. He's blown away Montana now and he's blown away, you know, his competition. So in terms of, you know, where he's at, I, it's keep it simple, call him the goat. And that's what people are calling him. And it's, it is for what it is for NFL. He's there with 10 Super Bowls. You're it's, that's going to be impossible. To, it's it's going to be almost impossible running a quarterback uh, and to do it with a second team. So now you got a second uh-huh. team. And look, I, I did it with new England. I went to a second team first year. I'm on a second team. I'm in the Super Bowl. You know, so they'll keep it simple. They'll call it the GOAT. It'll be a long, you know, how he did it every year and all the, you know, you know, there's all the stories, the flake gate. They'll make everything, you know, the drama around the whole. Um, there's enough drama around him and, and the Patriots over the last uh, 20 years that it'll be interesting. And we'll watch it like the last dance we did, last, uh, you know. In about- exactly, exactly. And so, yeah. um, Jamar, um, I'm going to butt, butt ahead of you. Um, and maybe Jamar somewhere thinking along the lines with me, possibly. Um, but first, I'm going to get to the commentary. Good morning, Dwayne. Uh, the real goat, Dwayne has Hawkins. He he comments on the early morning sports talk podcast pretty much every week. Good morning to you as well, sir. He mentioned the you know the real goat, David. He comes on every now and then. He's a few minutes late. Um, Joseph Campbell, despite being just thirteen percent, I think he's talking about uh, possibly uh, Tom Brady um, not being you know his full self. And Lena says, who cares about the Packers? Let's talk about how sexy Baker Mayfield is. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, and so I've seen a number of folks come on in and off, so that's great. Um, and so, yes, um, she makes a really good point. We should talk about Deshaun Watson going to the Browns. The Browns fans were all excited in different things, and, but we, we'll, we can address that later. Um, let's, let's focus, yes, on this 30 for 30. So Tom Brady, I think guys could have at least three to four 30 for 30s. Like you just mentioned, um, the, the plate gate, I think that is literally a 30 minute or hour 30 for 30 by itself. Um, and talking about everything that happened with the Colts game and the blowout and everything that happened after this, that's a good hour by itself. Secondly, his revenge tour. So um, the first one could be called the Deflategate Scandal. The second one could be called uh, the Revenge Tour. And his revenge tour is definitely aimed towards Bill Belichick. And so it'll go over that entire situation. um, And then also doing that entire situation of him starting with drafting Garoppolo, then having to let Garoppolo go, Bill Belichick being pissed off about that. Um, then him having a few more successful years, winning the Super Bowl twice with Garoppolo being there, no, three times. And um, all these championship game bursts go over all that and then talk about how he's let go. And so it can go over literally that whole entire season that we're experiencing now with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Third, I think this is the one everybody will tune in. This will be like the last dance, talking about that long run and that will have all his past teammates from uh, Rodney Harrison to McGinnis to 
Ty Law to Antonio, I mean, not Antonio Brown, but maybe Randy Moss. This would go over all those guys in that run he's had with the New England Patriots. So that's a third 30 for 30. A fourth 30 for 30 could be literally the situation between himself and Bill Belichick and the beef that they've had. Um, and just maybe a 30 minute for 30 for 30 talking about just their entire situation because I think a lot of people really want to know in detail what really happened between them. And only sources that are really close to them really know. And so um, I think Tom Brady guys can have at least three to four 30 for 30s when it's all said and done later on in his career because he's had such a decorated, marvelous career. It's been amazing. And so, um, yeah, Jamar, um, just any thoughts, man? How many, uh, what 30 for 30s um, do you think Tom Brady will have? Or is there any that you're looking forward to in the coming years? Yeah, so... So I, I got it like a, a, a mini series as far as these 30 for 30s. So I like Kevin's idea, calling it GOAT. We're going to call the whole series GOAT, right? And then we're going to have three, three different parts. So we're going to have one called Gates. And that's, in four, and that's you know, in reference to we got Spygate, we got Deflategate, anything else, anything controversial, we're going to call it that. That's a whole 30 for 30 by itself. The second okay. one, I'm going to just call it the Brady Bunch. And that's just more so because of all the oh, rain, there you go. Know, with you know, the whole old Patriot. School. Old school there. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one that <laughs> during his Tampa years, I'm gonna call it a Patriot went rogue. So he just just flat out just left mm -hmm. them, just doing his own thing, writing his own course, just defying the odds. And lo and behold, he's in the Super Bowl now. So those those are the three titles I got in my little 30 for 30 uh series there. So wow, yeah. And um, I think, guys, we all um, definitely can agree that there will be a 30 for 30 or 30 for 30s uh, with this guy, illustrious career. And so um, I'm looking forward to having Drew Brees on there talking as well and Aaron Rodgers, like, I could never beat him. I can never beat him. And so <laughs> I think there'll be a number of individuals that will be on there talking, including Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and just a bunch of players that he's played with or played against. And so it'll be phenomenal his 30 for 30 because there will be so much commentary for sure so e many people. Eli Manning will be on there and say, hey, I beat him twice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, that's another – well, if, if there's a 30 for 30 with the Giants, yeah. um, that's another potential 30 for 30, guys, talking about the formula of beating Tom Brady, which was having tremendous defensive ends like Jason Pierre-Paul, who – Gave him hell when he was with the Giants and won two Super Bowls with the Giants. Um, well, at least one. He, he won one with the Giants. He was on that 2011 team. And so, like, that's the formula to beat him. And that, that, that is literally another 30 for 30. It is. And so, um, phenomenal stuff, man. Just, you know, um, what an illustrious career. All right. Let's talk about another illustrious career. Um, and this is um, the Kansas City Chiefs um, and Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Just curious, guys. What did you guys learn about this Chiefs offense? And, Kevin, we're going to begin with you. And is there anyone that can stop this team? Um, you know, regarding the Chiefs, I mean, the first thing I do want to talk about the Chiefs is I think Jamar brought it up last week. Their defense was excellent. And they're so underrated. They shut down the Bills. The Bills receivers couldn't get open. I mean, that was, that was the key to the game. We knew it would be, might be a shootout. We thought the Bills would keep up. 
with uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's just their offense is just once it gets going, can't say he's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. The Bills, yeah. the Bills did nothing for the first three quarters. You think about it, the only touchdown they got in the first three quarters, the the, the Kansas City fumbled the ball at the two yard line. They had two yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. defense was outstanding. The receivers couldn't get open, and the running and they had no rushing. Besides, Allen had 88 yards, and their top rusher after that had 17. Uh, Kansas City can run so many different formations and offense. With the the when they get near the goal line, they are so good with the motion. They moving Mahomes out. They have the jet sweeps. They have the 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 pitch inside the Kelsey. Uh, yeah, that was a phenomenal play call. But so, only Patrick Mahomes can do that. Yes, I mean they have so many different plays. Buffalo could not handle it. I mean, and they have so much speed. I mean, uh, between Hartman and Hill, um, you know they can run. Once they get the ball, they're rarely you know in the open field. They had a seventy yard run, a fifty yard run. Uh, another speed to Sammy Watkins, Kevin. Yeah. Sammy Watkins underrated too. I mean, and they got I mean, in the middle. The ball here. They, they have so many weapons. Um, but again, I want to go back to their defense. Their defense for the first three quarters, they shut down, they shut down the Bills. The Bills could not run the ball, and Bills receivers could not get open. They had one, I think they had one pass over 20 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think about the Bills all year, they've been Hitting the hitting the big play, and you know when you can't run the ball and you're one dimensional, you don't really have a chance. You know, I, I just yeah. you got you got to have some running game, and the Bills have got to have some balance. Zero running game. They have 17 yards of rushing. Like your leading rusher has 17 yards, you're not going to win, and that's been their problem against the Chiefs. They just can't run the ball, and until they learn how to run the ball, they're not going to be able to get past the Chiefs. That's I mean mm. that's key. So, I mean, wow. watching the game, I think just the Bills, Bills, uh, the Chiefs defense did their job for the first three quarters, and um, and their offense is, you know, Kansas City's offense is just once if Mahomes is healthy, he's it's it's unstoppable. I mean, and uh, they're it was it was uh, definitely great to watch. You know, they're they they can get the big play whenever they needed. Yeah, um, and like you mentioned. Um... Patrick Mahomes' health, he wasn't even on his, you know, normal footing. Like, um, he was, I would say, somewhere between 90, maybe even 80 to 85%, um, 80 to 90%, I would say. Like, he just wasn't fully himself in order to state what I'm trying to state. And he still came out and dominated. Yeah. The Bills got off to a quick start after Hardman's uh, fumble on uh, special teams. They were up 9-0. I'm like, uh-oh, um, Buffalo, uh, they're, they're ahead. Um, and we know they uh, supposedly got this great offense. They might, uh, you know, pull out an upset today. And it was analysts, Kevin, um, that were picking the Bills, all they were. And they were picking them because they thought that their defense would, you know, actually show up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and some people believe out there, man, that, you know, great defense beats great offense. I say it still happens, Kevin, every now and then, but in today's NFL, not the Baltimore Ravens NFL, not the 85 Bears defense, because offense now, especially with the quarterbacks and the receivers, is so friendly to them. You can't be as physical as you used to be. That's very important. Maybe a 1993 Bills team with that defense could beat this Chiefs team because they'll be super physical and they can get away with their physicality. 
Today's NFL, you can't do that. And so as a result, an offense like Kansas City with so much speed, so many weapons, so much explosion, they just go out and nitpick you in so many ways. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And right. so um, the gr- shout out to the great secondary of the Buffalo Bills. They've been carrying them. They have a great defensive line, but I don't really know a lot of names. Right. If Buffalo want to contend, that's something that they need to address is putting more defensive linemen on that team that can get a great pass rush. That's one weakness I see. The linebackers in the secondary, oh, man, it's it's all world. It's all world for that Bills defense. But maybe some more big-name defensive linemen that can get to the quarterback would be very important. But what did I learn about the Chiefs defense? Um, The Chiefs defense is highly underrated, Kevin. A lot of people don't give that defense – the uh, credit they deserve. And, and, and the crazy part about it, guys, is that they don't have to do too much. They just got to do enough. It's a difference. Bears defense got to hold us down. If not, we're not winning. We're not winning, period. Bears defense got to play all four quarters, and they got to play in the crunch time because generally Trubisky is somebody, throws an interception, fumbles the ball, and it comes down to us winning the game. Chiefs ain't got to worry about that, really. Um, you know, they toy, toy with everybody the entire freaking season. They toy with everybody and then save their best for last. And I think they're going to save their best for last. That's how good they are, guys. They toy with everybody the entire season to save their best for last. And so the distance between them and the rest of the AFC, it was shown to us on Sunday. They're light years ahead of everyone else. And in order to beat them, you have to – not only shoot out, but you have to have great defense and you have to have a full team game with the out coaching Andy Reid, which is pretty tough to do. Got to have the right special teams. Got to have the great defense. You got to have offense that can score. You can't do that. You can't beat the Chiefs. So um, huge, I mean, I huge agree. difference. Yeah, I mean, back to the Chiefs. I mean, I think they were toying with people the last five weeks. And they weren't showing a lot of their offensive schemes to teams. So when it right. came to playoff games, they bring out new plays that teams haven't seen. And that's what you, when you're 14 and two, you know, you can do that because you know, you're going to make the playoffs, you know, you're going to get the number one seed. So they kind of coasted and there was a lot of close games. The Chiefs played, I think like seven or eight games in the last within one score. So they yeah. weren't killing everybody. But also, I don't think they were bringing out their whole – they were saving some plays for the playoffs. You got it. You got and it, buddy. They were like – and when the playoffs came, you see these plays, and, like, they're moving up up and down the field. I mean, they almost lost to Cleveland because of the injury to Mahomes. But in the first half, they were moving up and down the field on Cleveland. And, and, and they were moving up and down the field at will on Buffalo because they brought new plays and teams couldn't handle them. You know, they, they couldn't handle that. Yeah, yeah. Jamar, just curious, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, so as far as what we, I guess, quote-unquote, learned about the Chiefs offense, nothing. If you've been paying attention, you, I mean, we, we know that this offense is an A-plus rating across the board. We know that they're innovative. We, we know that they can score with anyone. Um, and so it's like it's the same, it's the same song with them. Yeah. As far as the defense, I mean, I've been saying it. They, they've underrated. They don't get the credit they deserve because the offense is so dynamic. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yep. 
And at this point, if anybody that can stop him, I don't know, we'll see. But the Chiefs are just so much better than everybody else right now in the AFC. Yeah. <laughs> and definitely shout out to little Mystic Jamar, by the way. Um, occasionally, Kevin, our kids, they will chime in as well and have their conversation as well with the world. That's fine. I, I've seen that. You guys got great. Great little kids. My kids are a little bigger than that. My my kids are uh, 18, 20, and 23. <laughs> I remember their ages because I usually forget their ages. So yeah. shocked that I got their ages right. But I have I have three girls, and then uh, yeah, they don't talk when you get when you get to that age, Brandon. You'll learn they they don't want to talk to you. Not <laughs> <laughs> when you get when they're yeah. that they don't deal with dad. You know, dad is kind of annoying. Uh, so it's good to talk sports uh, with you here. But uh, yeah, they don't, right. don't want to come near you. They're, they're out of the house, so it's just me and the cat and the wife. So that's it. That's gotcha. All yeah, and as for me, I have a four-year-old and uh, oh, an eight-month-old. And so I think. Yeah, I think you, I think you've seen them on social media and different yes, things. Yes, so, very, very, um, very beautiful kids. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And so, yes, yeah, um, enjoy them when they're young, because when they get older, maybe they sometimes they sometimes talk back to you and don't listen to you. All right, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> that's my advice. Prepare. Yeah, that's my advice. Enjoy that. Yeah. So when they get a lot older, they they, they don't want, they don't want to talk to you as much. All right, gotcha. All right, so shout out to the kids and the teenagers and the young adults. Uh, phenomenal and um, it's a blessing. And so, yeah. All right, guys, that covers uh, the analysis of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and their distance between themselves and the rest of uh, the AFC. Uh, let's now get into um, Mr. Sean Watson. So this week uh, they named a new head coach and Mr. Color. And uh, he came from the uh, Baltimore Ravens staff. Um, he seems to be a leader amongst men. Um, but sadly enough, um, he's not going to have Deshaun Watson on his team as he demanded a trade from Houston. And so the Bears have uh, reached out to Houston regarding Watson. Um, as me and Jamar, um, we've already stated in previous episodes of the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast that the Bears should aggressively pursue Watson and they have, Kevin. And so uh, this is great for the Bears. Um, I'm shocked. They usually don't pursue talent. They usually pursue, I don't know what the hell they pursue, but they actually pursue talent this time. So shout out to the Bears organization for finally waking up and listening to your fans. All right. Um, Kevin, just your thoughts, man. Um, do you think he is a good fit for our system um, if he was indeed to be with the Bears? And do you think that the Bears should um in regards to maybe giving up whatever they have to give up do you think they should give up the whole board if they have to in order to get the sean watson i mean i think they they got to do something because the quarterback situation number one is it's not the, the long-term answer is not Trubinsky. i mean and with nagy there um i think they do got they got to they might not get them but they got to put their best offer and they got to they got to be aggressive and if it means multiple picks they got a multiple first round picks. They got to do it because he would fit. I mean, he definitely Nagy, I think would definitely can mold him. And I, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. You look at his mm -hmm. numbers over the last, you know, four years, it, it would make up for a huge mistake. The fan base would be happy. I mean, they've made aggressive moves. I mean, the cover move was aggressive 10 years ago. It didn't work out, but they did trade picks and people were excited. They, Hey, maybe we had a franchise quarterback, the Mac move three years ago, aggressive move 
it, it's kind of worked out, you know, in terms of defense, Nagy's job is on the line. So he, what he can do is maybe give himself an extra year with Watson and, and making the trade. It's going to be hard to get him because a lot of teams are going for him. So but, I still give the Bears about a 10 to 20% chance of getting him. I still think there's like a 30% chance they'll convince Watson to stay. So it's not a guarantee that he's leaving. He might like the new coach. Um, he might like Josh McCown. Who knows if he's as a coordinator or I don't know, maybe like may, he's still got a chance to stay, but if he's going to go and he, he's got him with a new coach, I think Watson does have some leverage here. You can kind of say, look, and a new GM or whatever they have in Houston, they keep changing. Um, he's got leverage. So I think the bears have to go all in. Uh, they might not get him, but they got to make whatever they can. I think it's the right move, at least for the short term. And, um, Nagy's job is on the line. They got to do something because they got to do something, right? Answer, and I, they're not going to get Stafford. Stafford wants to trade. Detroit's not trading Stafford to the Bears. Um, I don't know if Jimmy G is the answer coming back home. I don't know. If, I don't think so. Uh, Watson's one guy you know, you know, with a decent defense, and they got some weapons on offense. You know, the Bears if they if you improve the offensive line a little bit. And if we can keep Allen Robinson. He, oh, they got to keep Allen Robinson. And they got, I mean, they got Tariq Cohen coming back next year. Keep Robinson. Mooney's good. Mooney had a great rookie year. Cole uh, Komet seems to have a little promise, Cole too. Cole Komet, shout out to Arlington Heights, where we're from. He's from our town. Yes, you got he, it, buddy. Uh, he's, he's, he's a good ball player. I think he's going to be a good yeah. tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Watson's the, probably the end. Now, it might hurt him long-term, giving up a few first-round picks. But I think they got to go for it because – you know, the NFC in other words, they got to be super aggressive. I, I, I totally understand. Aggressive. Uh, yeah, Jets got, got a lot. Of, Jets and Dolphins mm-hmm. got draft picks, high draft picks. So the Bears going to have to give up th- maybe three first round picks, you know, over the next three mm-hmm. years. So, I mean, right. Yeah. And ju- right. And so, Kevin, thank you for that. Um, I got you. Um, Jamar, um, any thoughts, man? What should the Bears do in order to uh, pursue Deshaun Watson? do everything that you have to do to get them. I mean, this, I mean, it's the bottom line. Like the only reason why Pace and Nagy have their jobs, because they probably convinced them that, all right, we're going to address the quarterback situation right now. So right. this is, this is all or nothing. You cannot trade for somebody that isn't like, you know, could be a, you know, could be a star, but not all the way proven. No, you got to get somebody that's proven. Deshaun Watson is it. Deshaun Watson is the biggest name on the market, like Kevin said, he is a top five quarterback and that's without a doubt. That's, that's not even second question. Anything that's, that's just what he is right. um, between his production, his age, cause you can get him and he can still be productive for the next 10 years. And so, and as far as the system, it don't matter what the system is. You build the system around Deshaun Watson. If your system does not cu- currently fit what he's trying to do. So just like Kevin said, we, you know, 10 years ago, we tried to, you know, make Cutler the guy and didn't pan out, but they made an aggressive move. The Mac move, like you mentioned, it definitely, you know, you know, jump-started our defense from being an up-and-coming one to an elite one because of him. And now, as we know that quarterback, this is a quarterback-driven league now more than ever. You have to have a quarterback to be relevant. You just have to. So if that means giving up two first-round picks and a defensive player to go get Deshaun Watson, by all means. And I know the Bears are not in the best position to get him because 
teams at the top of the draft, they have more collateral, more things that they can part ways with and, you know, make it a lot more sexier package for Houston. But if you, if you want to still keep your day job in that front office and the head coach, you, you have to, you have to, you just have to get it yep. done. Gotta no, be no if and ways about it. So, and as far as Houston, I, I think he's, I think he's gone. I feel like there's no way that he's coming back. And that's just more so the lack of trust that he has with that organization. It seems like they yeah. don't consider anything that he, you know, wants. They don't care, right. And, it, and it's crazy because he's the franchise, so anything that they do affects him and his future. So I, I don't get that. And if, yeah. I'm, if I'm Deshaun, I, I would probably want to get to the NFC. Think about it. You're stuck in the AFC. You still got to go through Mahomes. You still got to go through Josh Allen. And they're not going away. Right, those sure. two teams are going to be good for the next probably five years. You got you Lamar got Jackson too. Lamar Jackson. You got Baker Mayfield. You got four young quarterbacks. We'll look at the NFC. You got Brady. Uh, Breeze is retiring. Rogers is getting up there. I mean, you got it, buddy. You know, That's a valid point. Russell valid Wilson. Point. Is, Russell Wilson's getting up there. I mean, there's not many young quarterbacks in the NFC, and I mean, the NFC's. It's definitely, if you look at the, here's a crazy stat from the NFC. Last 15 Super Bowls have had 13 different teams. So there's no dominant team in the NFC that gets, you know, there's Seattle had two and Giants had two last 15 uh -huh. years. And um, I think that's it. I think they have a 12 out of 15. San Francisco's had two, but there's no, everything turns around in the NFC. Um, uh -huh. And there's no dominant quarterbacks. There's been 13 different NFC quarterbacks now with Brady that made the Super Bowl last 15 years. We're in the AFC. It's Mahomes. It's going to be Josh Allen. It's been Brady. It's been, you know, Manning in the past. The point is the NFC is going to be open. Go to an NFC team. Maybe it's, maybe it's Charlotte. Maybe it's the Bears who need, you know, could use quarterbacks. Uh, I think those two make the most sense for Watson. Um, I don't, if you go to the Jets, you're going to, in Miami, you're stuck. You're still against the AFC, uh, Mahomes and Josh Allen. You got to beat them. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be hard. So, I mean, from a, from his standpoint, hey, what team do I want to go with? What organization? If he goes to the Bears, who's never had a franchise quarterback, top five quarterback, he'll be loved. And, you know, I mean, if he – He would be cherished and adored. I know. He would turn this city completely around. Kevin Clark will be at every game just screaming <laughs> and so happy. And I'll be right next to him. Like, this would be – a dream come true for the Bears organization because it'll finally be that answer. Um, and the one thing about Deshaun Watson, guys, is that he'll bring a dynamic of swag to the Bears, which we've never had. Yeah. I mean, the most swag we've had is through our defense. Um, outside of the best swag we've had, it's been the 85 Bears. I mean, 85 Bears, guys, that's 35 years ago. And then outside of the 85 Bears – Right. Outside of the 85 Bears, it's been Jay Cutler being on the sideline, holding his head down and, 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 and sleeping on the sideline. I mean, that's the most swag we've had outside of the defense. The organization has put so much on the defense and nothing in the freaking offense. And um, it's time to move past those defensive days organization. We got to put some points on the board. We got to get a quarterback. We got to have somebody that can we know without a shadow of a doubt, not sit there and worry week by week, what is he going to do? Is he going to turn the ball over? Is he going to do this? We just need somebody that we know for a fact, all right, they're going to go down and score, period. And if they can do that and have the defense alongside, guys, we could be a Super Bowl team. Look at Tampa Bay. 
Take a page out of Tampa Bay's book. Look what they did. They got rid of Jameis, got them a quarterback, and boom, Super Bowl Sunday, just like that one year later. Yeah. Why, like, why not us? Why yeah. not? And the NFC is open. The NFC is wide open. Very, very open. So, uh, Bears, uh, you got to wake up, organization. So, um, like like Kevin and like uh, Jamar say, if you got to give up the whole damn house to get Deshaun Watson, do what you got to do in order to uh, get somebody that you know is going to lead us to um, a lot of wins and possibly a Super Bowl berth. Uh, because, as you mentioned, this NFC is very open. That is a very good point. Um, all right, guys. Um, there's a, a part of the show where um, it's not going to be so fun to talk about this. But um, let's talk about this uh, Chad Willard situation. So uh, Chad Willard is now a former uh, defensive or offensive lineman for the Seattle Seahawks um, in the NFL. Um, however, he was let go um, this past week after a domestic violence situation that occurred. And so if you guys are not aware, Kevin, which I'm sure you and Jamari is, um, it's been all over the sports world. He got into an altercation with his girlfriend and he choked her out. Um, I don't know if you guys saw a picture of the girl. She's a very pretty girl. But looking at that picture from her being in the hospital, it was like, wow, she got attacked, severely attacked. Um, I mean, messed the girl all up and, um, he choked her out to the point to where he thought that he killed her. And I guess they had a dispute during dinner and, um, he sat there and continued to eat dinner, um, after she was out for at least 20 to 30 minutes, it was a miracle. She woke up according to sources. Um, and, uh, it just, you know, it's a sad reality. And so, uh, Jamar, let's begin with you, man. What are your thoughts on this situation? And um, do you think, um, what advice would you give to someone that's going through this situation? Because there are plenty of people that we know that that are afraid to talk, that don't feel like they'll be believed, that are afraid of that significant other. Um, and that can not just be women, guys. That can be men. It could be, you know, LGBTQ community. It could be various sources. And a lot of it can be going on right under your nose and you don't know. And so just your thoughts on the situation and what advice would you give to someone that might be watching this? Man, um, like th this is a sensitive subject all the way around. Uh, I, when I first saw it, I, like my, my, my jaw dropped and it, it's like what 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 do you say? It's 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 2021, like these things are still happening, and you know a young lady was a victim of of this guy. Just I I I don't want to say the words that I want to say, but mm -hmm. like this situation is it's completely unacceptable, and that's the and that's I'm saying that's probably the least thing I could say here. And, you know, I guess my, my thing is like, you know, the sports, some of the sports world know, but I feel like there's been other instances where like certain similar situations, it's been all over mass media. This one here is kind of blowing under the radar to a certain degree, but, you know, just as far as, you know, domestic violence itself, there's, there's always 
a way out. There's always an outlet. There's always, you know, you, you can always, you know, reach out for help one way or another. Cause I can't imagine this being the first time that this has happened. He, he also said that, uh, I guess, yeah, like you said, he surprised that, 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 that you survived and he wanted her to bow down to him and stuff like that. Bow down but to him. I, I can't, like I said, I can't imagine this was the first time that that, that happened between them two or anything right. of the sort. Likely it's not. Yeah, so there's, there's always, there's always an outlet. Somebody somewhere will listen to you. There's, there's an issue. Don't, you don't have to be afraid. Is right. especially nowadays with technology the way it is, is like you just you can send a message on social media, you can send a message, just a quick text message, a quick nine one. It and, and people will see that and react, right? Yeah, because I, I tell you what, because having this conversation throughout the week with various various people, a lot everybody is like ticked off and just ready to like jump on this guy and everything else in between. Um, so it's, it's very unfortunate and I, I definitely want to say a lot more, but I'm not, but it, I'm, I'm bothered by it, man. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I feel you, man. Um, and thank you for giving that uh, advice that, you know, people will listen and take advantage of what we have in 2021. Try to put a Facebook message out there, try to put a Twitter, whatever, like, you know, you can inform people and people will react um, in that moment because you're right, Jamar, very well, he could have killed her um, and buried her, you know, and could have been a freaking cold case or something. Um, big guy, NFL, huge hands, strong as hell, right, Kevin? Like, you know, it doesn't take much to take, a, you know, a smaller woman that's probably weighing no more than 125 pounds He's probably weighing three something, lifting weights every day, this and that. Like, don't take much, you know. And so uh, it's very, very cowardly. Uh, Kevin, uh, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I, one thing to get to is, you know, I think the league has to be, you know, uh, first of all, he shouldn't be ever playing in the NFL. And I, and I think he won't be, partly is because he's not a superstar, but they should even, the domestic violence, uh, uh, rules should be stricter even in the NFL in terms of if you have something like this, uh, you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't even be thinking about playing. You know, it, it's they should be harder. These leagues really need to come down on them. And and I think I think it is turned a bit in that the NFL I think has been better at it the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sports leagues are getting there. I think uh, like you said, they got a the victim. The NFL should be helping the victims, right? They should be reaching out to the victim right. and support system for the victims. Uh, and I think, you know, I think the fan bases understand this. This is a big issue. I mean, we went through it as a Cub fan. We went through it as Addison Russell. One of the Cubs had similar issues, not True. as serious, but again, a domestic violence case. And the Cubs fans turned on him. And, it, and it's true. They, they needed to because and he's not probably not ever going to play in Major League Baseball. He's playing in Japan. But the point is, uh, they can't do this. And it, it has to be strict. The leagues have to be strict about this. If this happens, support the victims and don't let them play. Don't even if even if they're super sick, you can't. You can't have a cases like where Greg Hardy was being right. Uh, Basically, letting them play is letting them know it's okay to still do yeah. what you're doing. You gotta. You everyone has to know domestic violence is anything. You're. I mean, 
it, I agree with second chances, but in case of domestic violence, especially this case, or if it's if it's proven half the things would be said here, it's you know he should never play. Number one, he should be in jail probably the rest of his life. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's another point. Like, where the hell is the you yeah. know legal right. aspect of this? This guy, I mean, this is a normal guy. His ass would be in jail for yeah. sure. Like, he's not in jail. Are you serious? After right. he choked the woman out. Yeah. Beat her. I'm probably it looked like he beat her like a dude. Like he was just beating her, just beating her. Like yeah. she looked, oh, it was a complete transformation. And you're telling me, like, this guy got no legal action. But it could very well be um that the woman she could have stated, oh, it was just a moment. And and this is another sad thing, guys, about domestic violence is. A lot of the women that go through it, they are stuck in a triangle of love and they, you know, get the abuse and they think that, hey, it's just a moment, you know, or they think that it was my fault why he reacted this way or that. Um, I need to do something better, things in that nature, which I mean, this happens in certain situations, but regardless of whatever a woman does, a man a real man should never have to result to where they are going through a situation as such. And you're right, Kevin, the NFL needs to lay the freaking law down to where this guy should never, ever put on an NFL uniform again. I wouldn't want him to play for my organization for sure, because I'm letting my fan base know and I'm letting everyone else know that it's okay to hit, hurt, even possibly kill a woman and still play football. No, not cool. And so, um, this guy, um, Chad Willer, um, you are a despicable coward. Um, you should be in jail uh, for quite some time. Um, you, you need some help. I, I advise you to take uh, help, resources, whatever you can to make yourself a better man uh, for yourself. And you know, if you have kids or whatever out there, they're watching too likely and, and, and they're watching. And so if they're seeing that, then what the hell are they gonna think when they grow up? And so the example being set there, um, I want to offer, and me being in seminary, guys, I've taken a class on sexual and domestic violence. I could talk about this for a long time. I just want to state this. Um, women, the, who are primarily the victims, um, don't be afraid to use technology in 2021. NFL, lay your law down. Um, the National Domestic Violence Hotline is a very, very great resource. Um, if you are going through such, I advise you to take um, some type of information out there. There's plenty of information out there. Boy, you're a hot pot of grits. You, you like learn from Medea. I don't know if you guys ever seen Medea's family reunion. Um, <laughs> that that brother was, you know, doing that disrespect to his wife, and she called him that day. Medea told him put some hot grits on that stove, and she burned the skin off him. And women do that if you have to do whatever you have to to protect yourself um, in those moments and use whatever resources you have because there's plenty out there. You will be heard. You will be understood. You will be believed because women often just don't do that for no reason. And so um, don't be afraid. And so, yeah, you might lose out on a big NFL contract man with a lot of money and things of that nature. And you might not live the huxtable life but is your life worth it? That's the question. And so um, 
So I want to provide some resources out there, put that out there. But a really good one is the National Domestic Violence Hotline, alongside plenty of organizations uh, within your own city or your own community. The church is another great place um, to go for help and go for assistance. Plenty of resources out there. And so use them if you have to. And so um, sad situation. All right, guys, um, that covers the Chad Willis situation. Um, let's now get into some NBA and WNBA talk. And so um, let's talk about this brother, uh, Russell Westbrook. I didn't notice it uh, until an uh, interesting headline of the Rockets uh, Wizards pointed out at me this week. The Washington Wizards, y'all, with Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook, were as of Wednesday morning, 3-10, and 10, and as of this morning, 3-11. and 11. Um, Additionally, guys, I've seen a stat that stated Russell Westbrook has shot 163 shots this season and scored a measly 163 points. So a question for you guys, and Jamar, let's begin with you. Has Russell Westbrook lost a step in his game, or is he not as happy in Washington as he looked on that picture prior to the season that we showed on the early morning sports talk podcast prior to the NBA season? Um, what was going on with that situation? And should Bradley Bill want out of uh, Chocolate City? I mean, man, Westbrook. I, I, I guess he has, in, in a sense. Uh, like, look, we, we know for the last few years and maybe for the majority of his career, he doesn't take – he doesn't have the best shot selection in the world. We, we know that. And it, it seems like – his jump shot has plateaued a few years ago, and it's getting mm-hmm. worse. Free throws getting worse. Three-point percentage is, a, is abysmal. Um, the only thing for the past maybe two and a half years now that he's you know really efficient in offense is driving to the basket, and that's it. Right. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, his, his game definitely has taken a step back, and and I don't know if it's to the point where he just you know wants to just pad his stats and average a triple-double these days. They don't care about winning. But we had – definitely had some expectations for this team. We did. After, after that we trade. We did. And we, when we said that the East at the time was at least 10 deep because of that. And somebody was going to get their feelings hurt and not make the playoffs. And that's, that's looking like one of the teams right there that's right. in that boat. So – it's crazy to me because they have the talent to make the playoffs, but yeah, I guess Westbrook doesn't seem like a good fit there. Cause you, if you've seen the look on Bradley Bill's face the last couple of days, he, that, that brother is, is tormented. He, he is just frustrated. Yes. And just, he, he feels like he probably gave them everything and, and it's not working. So I'm, I'm sure Deep down inside, he he wants out of there. He's a competitor. Yeah. He won't say it right away. Shout out to Bradley Bill, leading scorer in the NBA right now. I told you he'll get his points. He's gonna get his points for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, yeah, he, he definitely is, and he's big time, big time talent. He's been big time for the past two and a half to three years now, and yeah, he he should want out. Like, yeah, guys. yeah. I, I don't know if you heard Jamar um, and Kevin. I don't know if you guys seen it, but Stephen A. stated that Bradley Bill should uh, – he's a good fit for the Clippers. 
And I don't want to bring up pandemic P in the middle of this, but I mean, so, I mean, I, I've always I've been stating this for at least the last month now. I would take Bradley Bill over Paul George. Yeah, and and that would be an excellent fit for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And it's so, just funny that Stephen A. agrees with you, bro. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> yeah. So, and in all honesty, he. He's about as a seamless fit with any team like a uh, Clay Thompson would be with any team. He is that right seamless. So whatever team that he probably will end up at, because he's more than likely gonna get traded at some point. Whoever he goes to that's a contender, they 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 are they will become a legitimate threat, a legitimate title contender at that point. So mm. so yeah, no, he, he should definitely want out, and I'm pretty sure he'll be out before the deadline in March. Mm. I would agree. All I think right. Heard it first. Yeah, he'll, he'll he's going to get traded. I mean, they're a mess, the the Wizards. Yeah. Three, yeah. three. They're three and twelve now. There's. Um, oh, they're two, three and twelve now. Mm. Yeah, three and twelve. And uh, back to Westbrook. I mean, he's shooting thirty-seven percent this year. He's a career forty-three percent shooter. I mean, he's he's not making his shots. His jump shot, like Jamar was saying, is is awful. He's just he can't yeah. make. When you're shooting 37% and, and as that's awful. I mean, it's just literally awful. Um, especially and, for a point guard, especially for a point guard. And, and they don't play any defense. I mean, the Hawks killed them last night. Um, Bradley Beal. I mean, he's scoring a lot. He's shooting a lot. Yesterday he had 26 points, but he had 26 shots. So mm. he can score. I think they're at a point where Westbrook and, and Beal just, you know, shooting like crazy, not playing defense. There needs to be a trade. Beal needs to go to you know maybe the Clippers, some other team. But when you're three and twelve in the East, I mean they're they're probably done. I mean Washington's in bad shape. They need to look for the future. Uh, it's not going to happen there. I mean Bradley Beal can score. I mean you throw up sixty points, you know you can score in a game. But it's not the right situation. He's on a team that is not going anywhere. And now he's probably just going to go for a scoring title because you know. Why should I? Why? Why would you care when you got another guy next to you shooting thirty-seven percent and he's taking a ton of shots too? So, right. I think they definitely need to make a move. I mean, the East is I think it's down to like four good teams, four really good teams, and Washington's at the bottom. And uh, there's a lot of middle teams in the East, uh, but you know Washington needs to rebuild. I mean, three and twelve. It's just trade Beal, get what you can, rebuild. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not going anywhere. Uh, the next right and, and, but in a way kevin i kind of disagree with you man i think the east is loaded brother i think uh the east is um just on a slow start because of a lot of covid related injuries or people being you know scratched away from games because of covid right. um miami heat i take for example that team i would want to see them in the playoffs i know they have a bad record right play. now they gotta make the playoffs um they gotta make they, the playoffs. They'll make it. They'll make it, Kevin. And they'll make it when Jimmy Butler comes back, who I think is um, a top 10 player in the NBA. I love Jimmy Um, Butler. Yeah, once he comes back, that team's going to get their identity back. Um, You know, uh, Mr. Robinson, Duncan Robinson has missed a lot of games. Tyler Hero has missed a lot of games. You put them along with Jimmy Butler and his game, that team's going to be around. The Toronto Raptors, bad start, but they're heating up now. Kevin, so I say the East is about six deep. Maybe Indiana's six. a, I mean Indiana's pretty decent too. Uh, Philly, I think Philly. This is my best team in the East. 
And I think they're a major threat to the Brooklyn Nets, a major threat. I, I, when I say a major threat, guys, I mean a major threat. I think um, – say it again, Kevin? I was going to say Philly with the win over the Lakers this week was huge. I think that's – Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that team is legitly a very good team. And they just have that – they have that Doc Rivers identity. It's now transcended. They remind me of the Clippers from last year, this team. They are very good. Nets better watch out. But the Nets, and now they're cooking too. They just scored 150 yesterday. So it shows you they're still in. Without so, Harden, uh, Harden didn't play yesterday. And not Harden, uh, Durant didn't. Uh, without, without Durant yesterday. Without Durant, so, 49 points. I, I mean, yeah, um, Brooklyn, Philly, I think they're on a crash course, guys. I think they're on a crash course. And it's going to be a freaking war. And so, um, you know, but as stated, uh, uh, I, I just I just can't sleep on Miami. I, I, I do not want to disrespect. When, when they get their health back, Watch Maybe. out! Watch out! Maybe. Um, it's it's a it's it's a number of good teams I think in the East. Um, shout I'm, out to the Pacers. Um, I wish they had Karis LeVert. That would be another scary threat. Um, the Hawks. I don't know if you guys seen the Hawks play. Got to watch the Hawks. They are literally hell on Brooklyn Nets. Like they're hell on their whatever you want to state. Like they give them a lot of problems. And they're a very good team. They defend so well. They're young on top of it. They have offense. They can score with anybody. These is pretty loaded, guys. Um, and so um, I've been saying that we kind of talk about the Nets every week, um, uh, Kevin. Uh, the Nets are not going to have this, this, this freaking wonderful, beautiful ride through the sunset through the east. No, 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 no. They will not. They will have a lot of trouble. They will have at least two seven-game series if they want to make it out the East. It will be that loaded come um, March, and so um, or whenever the playoffs is, maybe May or something. It's a little different this year. It's later. And so um, yeah, and so it'll be very interesting to see. But as far as Bradley Beal, yes, you should want out. You um, we we would love to see what Jamar has pointed out a. Pandemic P, um, we talk about Pandemic P a lot. He's um, talented, but he's just Pandemic P, what can I say? And so um, Bradley Bill in his place, oh, what would that be for the Clippers? And they already are um, second in the uh, West behind the uh, Utah Jazz. And so um, they're a great team already. And imagine if he was to go there then you got to scratch the Lakers because if they have Pandemic P and Bradley Beal and Kawhi Leonard, I mean, do they instantly become the title favorites? I think so. (laughs) And so um, that would be a hell of a crash course right there. And so this could very well happen, world. This could very well happen. And so um, we'll see. But um, Wizards look bad. Russell Westbrook looks really, really bad. I think he's not happy in D.C. I think he's still great. He just wants to be in a better situation. And so, like you, Kevin, say, they should rebuild. You let both of these guys go and let them go to contenders, and we'll see where the chips fall from there. And so, um, yeah, Chocolate City right now, um, your best hope right now is the uh, Washington football team. All right, let's talk some WNBA. So, uh, Candace Parker, Naperville kid, Kevin, Naperville kid, 
Mm-hmm. Her brother played in the NBA for a number of years with the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron um, and was on that 07 finals team. However, 13-year veteran, led the Los Angeles Sparks guys to a WNBA championship. Uh, she's two-time league MVP, various Defensive Player of the Year awards, all-star, all-pro, etc. cetera. Um, she, however, is now coming back to the Chicago Star organization, her hometown. And I am so happy because I am a big Sky fan. And um, I think we got a great nucleus, a great team already. Um, <laughs> it, it's so interesting. Um, she could be very well our missing piece because I felt like one of our missing pieces was the fact that we can't score the ball against great teams. Gabby Williams, I think, is vitally important to our team. Not that she's pretty, but from the fact that she needs to score the ball more. And a person like Candace Parker will help us step up our defense, but help us get buckets when we need them. And so just as um, an FYI, uh, Kevin, and Jamar knows this, um, we've, we covered the WNBA for a bit. It's a lot of teams, okay, that's very good in the WNBA right now. Um, and it's not an East-West format. See, the sky is in the East, and if they win the East, and they had a playoff, they'll be a legit threat to win the East every year. But it's not like that in the WNBA. It's the top teams and the top teams, whoever play each other. And so lots of competition in the league. Reigning champion Seattle Storm with, um, you know, this, this, she reminds me of Kevin Durant, Brianna Stewart, and she's a walking bucket. Kevin, I'm sure you've heard of this young lady, UConn girl. I mean, Tall, lanky like Kevin Durant, scores whenever she wants. She came right back and they won a championship after winning two years ago. Then last year was Alana Della Dunn, former Chicago Sky MVP. She's another walking bucket, former league MVP. She's going to be returning to the Washington Mystics, and they are a great team. Maya Moore, she was married um, recently. Um, she was fighting for this, you know, gentleman that she was dating to get the proper justice and different things. She's now returning back to the Minnesota Lynx and they were a top four team this year. Um, alongside, they just got um, uh, Mrs. Becky Cambridge from the Las Vegas Aces and she's a walking bucket. She's like what you want to call a Lou Williams of the WNBA. She's another walking bucket. She gets buckets at will. Um, and reigning WNBA MVP, um, Aja Wilson and that tremendous nucleus they got in Las Vegas. Um, they are going to be a legit that they were championship runner ups this past season. And then at Phoenix, you got Brittany Griner and Candace, uh, um, no, Skylar Diggins Smith um, down in Phoenix. And so it's a lot of great teams, but the sky, I will put them somewhere in that elite category when they have their health. So I'm just curious, guys. If Candace Parker, with her now being on this team, is it enough to get over the hump and win the championship with the roster that they have? And so, uh, Kevin, just your thoughts, man. Uh, I mean, in terms of Sky, I think I think her championship pedigree is 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 unbelievable. If you look back at her career, she has two high school championships, two college championships, one WNBA championship. 
to get mm-hmm. multiple in all three, which she's going to have to do, hopefully she can do, it's not been done. I mean, that's it, that that's the pedigree. And she has two Olympic titles. And you look yeah. at, you know, you can try to compare it to a, to a men's, but winning high school, college, and multiple NBA or WNBA titles, it's only done by like a few people. Bill Walton, mm-hmm. Gooch Bar, Bill Russell. So she's got the pedigree and the Sky needs something like that. Sky have been the one finals in their in their franchise history. That's it, one finals. Um, I think, you know, they need that to get over the hump. They've lost in the playoffs last couple of years in the early rounds. They need that, you know, she still has it in her. I mean, she, her numbers are still good. And yeah. I mean, I don't know why, um, you know, the Sparks let her go is kind of like they didn't get a lot. I don't know what was her and Derek Fisher. There was some issues there or whatever. But. I think, yeah, I think, Kevin, it was from the fact that, you know, she's an analyst now. Okay. So she's often on TNT and NBA TV. Um, doing a lot of analyzing, and I think he wants her to focus more on basketball. I don't know exactly what it is, but um, I think with her returning to the sky now, she'll be she'll be focused like strictly on basketball more. And I think it'll help the sky, you know, getting them more popular in the city, and I get adding yep. her. I mean, she went to Naperville. Start. I mean, you, back back in two thousand three and four when she won the high school championships, it, she was all she was all it. I mean, everyone. Do you remember this, Kevin? I remember this. Yeah, it was that was it was it. I mean, I was you were young. You were young back in 2003. You guys were both young. So, I mean, she was, you know, first one dunking and then she was one of the first ones dunking and she was, you know, Naperville Central High School basketball's king around here and she mm-hmm. was dominating. You know, you win two state titles in a row, a leisure team is it's a big deal in in high school basketball in, in the state of Illinois. So, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you add her and like you said, a couple of pieces, Allie Quigley. I, I love Allie Quigley. On, oh, uh, Allie Quigley. DePaul, yes. I'm a DePaul graduate. Uh, mm-hmm. I, DePaul women basketball is great. DePaul men's basketball, we will not talk about. I'm ashamed, uh, I'm ashamed of DePaul men's basketball, but DePaul women's basketball. Allie Quigley won a three-point shooting contest, I think, last year, 20 out of 25. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, what about Courtney Vandersloot, man? I mean, she should have been the uh, MVP last year, in my opinion, or at least somewhere. I know she finished in the top three. Yeah, Courtney Vandersloot. I, I think I think the the Sky are gonna they're gonna be good. I mean, they're gonna be good this year, and I think that's they have a shot, and that's uh, that should be that should be good. So uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to you know seeing some games, and then you know I think they'll bring some excitement back. So. Yeah, um, and 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 Jamari, uh, you can go after me. Um, I just want to quickly hit on the roster here. Um, Courtney Vandersloot, WNBA MVP candidate. Allie Quigley, walking buckets. Um, Gabby Williams, the best defender. I feel like guys. I feel like Gabby Williams is the best, um, best defender in the WNBA. Oh, this this girl can lock you up, and she does it. And when it when it's like you say, when you got the best team offensive player, you say, Gabby, go sick her, go sick her like a dog. You tell the dog to go sick something. You put Gabby out on her and she's strong, uh, physically strong, but she's quick, too. And so it's a nightmare for defenders. Um, Diamond the Shield, she was hurt. I think that's why we didn't go on a deep run last year. It's because she got injured. She'll be back this year, though. And when she was with us, we were uh, top two or three in the WNBA the entire season until she got hurt. Um, Ruthie Hebert, she's growing. 
Cheyenne Parker is a walking bucket, and Kalea Cooper is a walking bucket. Points all day. So, and Azura Stevens, she's going to come back another UConn uh, person. And so, um, a lot of points that can uh, be given out at any night from the sky. And you add Candace Parker to that, it's a very legit problem. Do I think they can get over the hump against the Lynx? Do I think they can get over the hump against the Aces, against Brianna Stewart in the Storm? No, I don't think so, guys. But it definitely puts us in contention. And you never know, any given Sunday, I guess, somebody, you know, can pull out an upset. And we've seen movies like Rudy. We've seen movies like, um, you know, any given Sunday or the Hoosiers. Upsets can happen. But I don't know if it's enough to get past Brianna Stewart. She is something else, guys. And so um, it makes us a contender, though. It makes us a contender. But I don't know if they can get past Brianna Stewart, guys. Uh, she's too much, man. She, ugh, she's unstoppable. You can't stop her. Like, she's the Kevin Durant of the WNBA. You just hope you can stop her, but you can't stop her. There's no way. And so, um, Jamar, your thoughts, brother? Yeah, so I, I agree. Uh, Candace Parker definitely puts us in that conversation. I don't know if it's enough to get us over the hump. But just adding somebody of her stature, somebody of, you know, her accomplishments, uh, what she's been about. And I, the f- first time I remember hearing of Candace Parker was in her uh, All-American game. When I think mm-hmm. she was in a dunk contest or something like that of the sort. And, you know, she's been, you know, you know highly, a highly prospect ever since and been winning the whole time and, you know, added – basically adding her to the roster that you just went over, like, it, like, like I said, it just puts us in, in that conversation. Honestly, I didn't know Maya Moore was coming back. So I'm very, very intrigued and curious on how that's going to pan out. Mm-hmm. I, I almost consider her Jordan out here. Yeah. What she's been doing. So she's a hooper. So, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. And for her to come back home and, you know, give us, you know, something that we probably haven't had in this city in a while. I'm, I'm all for it, man. Yeah. And so we will see. Um, it'll be very, very interesting to see how um, things turn out with the Chicago Sky this season. Um, if they stay focused, they can definitely have a fighter's chance to win the title. So, um, all right. Uh, Kevin, so um, just letting you know that you are going to give us your Super Bowl pick, sir, before you leave the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast today. A lot of pressure, lot of pressure yes. there, Brandon. Yes, you're going to give us your pick um, because you are our guest, and so we'll be looking forward to that shortly. But before we get into your pick, let's analyze, guys, what happened this week with Mel Kuyper. So he gave us um, his mark drive. And so um, I'll go over his top 10 picks um, as well as some other notables, Okay. Number one uh, is Trevor Lawrence, of course, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, On the podcast two weeks ago, Kevin, we talked about possibly seeing Devontae Smith go to the Dolphins and him going to the Dolphins team, the wide receiver from Alabama. Imagine that, Kevin. Imagine Devontae Smith going to the Dolphins and with the team they already have. But Mel Kuyper, he isn't picking that. He's picking Devontae Smith to go – revitalize the New York Jets and give Sam Donald, who Jamar has been saying the jury is still out on him, which makes sense. 
If the jury's still out on him, then this is why they would go get Devontae Smith for the second pick. I think he's the best player in the draft, clearly, in my opinion, clearly. By far the best player in the draft. Um, but Mel Kiber has him going to the New York Jets. Lamar Chase, another great wide receiver from LSU. Uh, LSU and these wide receivers, I mean, they just got a triage of great wide receivers. Um, he's another one coming out. Um, they got him going to the Dolphins. I think him going to the Dolphins is another tremendous weapon for Tua Tagovailoa or uh, Mr. Fitzpatrick. Um, they they appear to be in a very good position going forward. This Dolphins team, they are going to be something something to just watch. And I see a tremendous battle going up between them and Buffalo for years to come in the AFC East. Um, Zach Wilson, BYU quarterback to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Panay Sal, um, BYU offensive lineman, offensive tackle to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver um, to the Philadelphia Eagles. Justin Fields, a very notable quarterback. Um, a lot of people feel like he should have been top two. I don't think he's a top three really prospect this year. Um, but, you know, uh, and it was kind of cool that Deshaun pointed this out that he thought he can go to Detroit. Looks like uh, Mel Kuyper agrees with him. Um, Detroit Lions are like they'll be a good fit. Trey Lance, another great quarterback. Um, Carolina Panthers. And then Mac Jones from Alabama, the starting quarterback uh, to the New England Patriots. And so, guys, um, got a question. Do you guys agree that Jacksonville, this is a basic question. I think I know what you guys will state. Do you think that Jacksonville is making the right move by taking Trevor Lawrence, which a lot of people appears to agree with, over Devontae Smith? So, um, Jamar, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, that, that, that is the right move. Um, you know, that's, that's what they – how this season went. They, they were tanking. It just without a doubt. Whenever you have Mike Glennon as your starting quarterback for a number of weeks, I mean, it's it's clear what the message is. You're trying to lose games. Uh, I mean, Shout out to Mike Glennon, Bears superstar. Yeah, come on, Mike Glennon. How can you do this? Say that bad stuff from Mike Glennon. <laughs> <laughs> the tall white step. Oh, that's funny. That's what he is. Tall white step. That's all. He oh was. man, he was a big tree. You are so right. Oh, yeah, a big, a big white, pine tree. Yeah, that's that should have been his nickname. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy how a couple of moments in Tampa Bay can get this man paid for the rest of his career. I'm, I'm, like, I'm telling you, right? But uh, but no, Jacksonville has a lot of needs. Um, I, I know Minshew mania. That, that was a cute thing that happened, but Trevor Trevor Lawrence ceiling and floor is higher than than Gardner on that one. So. You, Got to get your franchise quarterback, and that's your guy, which the mayor of Cincinnati – I mean, Mayor Jacksonville has pointed out. I mean, apparently the whole city is buying in. So. I mean, the mayor even got involved. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. It's, done. it's a done deal. It, it is. <laughs> and so they, they, they got their guy, man. That's 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 their pick. So, I, All I mean, right. Yeah. Go ahead, Jamar. What are you about to say? No, I was gonna say that. I mean, that's it, and then they can address the other needs with the other picks. But you but you start your, with the quarterback. You got to get your franchise guy. All right, Kevin, you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. It's no brainer. You got to. I mean, it's ready. There's ready enough momentum there. It's gonna happen, and I think uh, you got to get your franchise. You have zero at quarterback. You start with Trevor Lawrence. 
he's been a stud for the last three years. He has, I mean, look at the last Clemson quarterback that came out. I mean, Deshaun Washington, you know, that's, you look there. I mean, the Bears got scared because whatever. The, Jacksonville's not going to get scared. It's, it's a done deal. And they got a, they got a college coach coming in, Urban Meyer, that, you know, he can relate to, I'm sure. He'll have no issues relating to Trevor Lawrence, putting up the right system for Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. It, it all depends. I mean, they'll have a good quarterback. It's just putting the rest of the pieces of the team together. But they need they need to start with a quarterback. And mm-hmm. uh, fan bases will be in love with him, you know, for a while until, you know, and at least for the first four or five years. So, I mean, I'd be worried about the Jets. I mean, the Jets with that second pick, that's why mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a bird. I think that right. they, they might trade it. They might trade that to Houston for Deshaun Watson. That's a rumor. And, yeah. you know, because if I'm Houston, you throw me a second pick and I can get Devontae Smith and, okay, mm-hmm. then I can maybe – what if they traded Sam Darnold and, uh, their, you know, that second pick? and maybe something else for uh, Deshaun Watson. If I'm Houston, hey, I'm starting with the, probably the best player, Devontae Smith, and then you give me at least some quarterback that I can maybe develop if because, you know, that wants to be here. Um, and then Jets get Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's that's a possibility. So that's why I'm yeah. a Bears fan. I'm kind of worried that the Jets and the Dolphins have a lot more capital to trade than the Bears. That's that's my concern. But Dolphins, yeah, yeah, man, they are. Oh my goodness, they are just in a phenomenal position right yeah, now. Um, yeah, they, they 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 are in a phenomenal position. Um, right now, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. But uh, just another question, guys. Um, let's say New York Jets say don't you know do the trade for Deshaun Watson. Um, Todd McShay has been predicting that uh, Panay Sil, uh, so Sal, the offensive tackle, um. The, uh, viewed as the best offensive lineman, they they state that he's like the Trevor Lawrence of offensive lineman. He's like the Devontae Smith of offensive lineman. Okay, New York Jets, as we know, have a lot of needs, just like the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you are guys, Kevin, if you you Jamar, if you are the GM for the New York Jets and you don't, let's say, have the opportunity to trade Deshaun Watson, he's already made up his mind by draft day. Who do you go with between Devontae Smith and Panay Sewell? I think you go with Devontae Smith. I mean, he's just a once in a lifetime receiver. I, I think, you know, he's kind of like Jerry Rice. You, once you get, mm-hmm. you know, this receipt, you're not going to get a receiver like this in the next 10 years. I mean, he's just, mm-hmm. he dominates the field. He can get open. His hands are unbelievable. His, you know, his speed, he's got everything, the tools, and you can build around him. Uh, I know it's a receiver. You don't like drafting receivers that high, but I, I, I would still, you can't pass up on, and, and this talent. Uh, if they can't get a quarterback, um, if they think they want Sam Darnold for, for a few, you know, try another year, you give them this weapon. If they don't have any receivers, the Jets, I mean, the receivers, no numbers at all. I mean, a great offensive tackle is great, but yeah, I think Devontae Smith, what you've seen um, that he could change the game. And when he's in the game, it's just. So are you telling me, Kevin, that Ty Montgomery's not a great NFL wide receiver? <laughs> No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Jets, Jets yeah, this, fantasy, this is their best receiver. When you look this at the Jets that, fantasy team, receiver. when you're playing fantasy football and you look at the Jets, you just kind of go, no, not taking him, not taking him, not taking him. You know? uh, speaking of fantasy football, Jamar Goodman and Deshaun Reed, uh, they have the fantasy Destination Fantasy Podcast where they air it every Sunday and um, they talk about things as such. And so, Jamar, have you ever had to pick any 
Like, what was your experience with picking the Jets? Uh, the only player this past year that was, I guess, someone that you could start in your flex was probably Jamison Crowder. But that would also depend on the health of Sam Darnold at the time. That's his favorite target. When Joe Flacco was in, and the ball spread around a little bit more. Um, but as far as uh, your question here, I'm, I'm going the complete opposite way. I would take the offensive and tackle here. Reason being, um, Sam Darnold needs somebody that's going to actually, you know, protect him and keep him upright. And, yeah, the Jets wide receiver core is not the greatest, but they have cap space and they can go address that in free agency. You can throw top dollars at Kenny Galladay. He's available. You can throw top dollars at – I don't even want to say his name because I want him as a bear, uh, Allen Robinson. <laughs> you, you can throw top dollars at True. receivers out here. You can shore that up. The thing is, it's hard to come come by good offensive linemen. It, it really is. So I say you address that in the draft. Sign a wide receiver that's already proven. Give him a legitimate number one, and then we're gonna see what Sam Darnold is about. Right. It's like just like um, Jerry Jones when they traded for Amari Cooper a couple of years ago. They gave him a number mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. and we found out what Dak Prescott's about and, and what a number one. He's a legitimate quarterback. Let's do the same with Sam Darnold here. So draft the offensive lineman, sign him some weapons. Let's see what he can do. All right. Yes. Phenomenal. Um, yeah. And guys, thank you for that insight. Um, I wish Zach Wilson, case, I wish Zach Wilson would, would drop to the Bears. <laughs> Zach Wilson yeah. BYU. I because getting another BYU, if the Bears don't, you know, didn't need go young, he would be he would have been a great fit, but he's never gonna go down that low. But be another BYU quarterback would have been great for the Bears to get uh I yeah, no. I, I hear he's a really good one. Uh, that's a that's a. Oh, I watched the, some of the BYU games. He's just un- unbelievable arm and unbelievable. He's swag. He has swag, and he's just he's got he he's got his arm is unbelievable, and he makes good passes. He'd be he'd be a fit if the Bears don't. He'd be better than what the Bears have now, you know. So I'll take it. I would take right. it, but it's right. not going to happen. Bears picking, right. Bears are picking and, twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're there. Um, who knows who they'll get? They'll pick another tight end on the Bears. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, let's talk to, yeah, the Bears had about 30 tight ends in their roster last yeah. season. <laughs> All right. So quick question, guys. And I hate to talk about this because I'm not a Detroit Lions fan, but do you think Detroit, um, do you think that uh, Justin Fields, is, is he, like from his ceiling, is he down too low? Or is that the right fit for him in Detroit? So, Jamar, your thoughts? I mean, I guess it depends on what the Atlanta Falcons are trying to do here. I think that's 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 telling because, I mean, we already know that it's possible that Matt, Matt Ryan's on the move and them drafting the quarterback can make sense there. So, right. Come so, to Chicago, Matt Ryan. We'll take you. We need off the line first. But, uh, that's a good point, too. <laughs> I don't know. It's like the Lions. It, it seems like that's where great players go to go to die. That's that's what it feels like, right? To like Detroit. They, oh yeah, yeah. They they, they, they have they've they're had, almost as worse as our organization, right? In a sense, at least we have something to show for it in our past. They they don't. That's I think yeah, they'll have one, one playoff win in like sixty years or something like that. It's been rough being a Detroit Lions fan. I mean, I'm sure they got their bags literally right next to them when they watched. I mean, they 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 got brown paper bags just right next to them. Like, 
Might have to pull this out. You never know. So Wait, I, I think their last playoff win was like, what, 91, 92, something like that. I don't yeah, know. Barry Sanders, yeah. Like, how do you have Barry Sanders, Cal, Cal, Megatron, one playoff win? And, and These like are all-time greats. These are all-time greats. So, like, Justin Fields going there, like, I mean, it's inevitable. Stafford's getting out of there. So, I mean, I feel like it's okay, but it's more so what are we doing with everything else around it? Because uh, hiring Dan Campbell, I, I don't know if I have the, the warm and fuzzies about that one, um, especially how his introductory uh, press conference <laughs> went. So I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Fields could be a great fit depending on the system. We talked about this about a month ago. It all depends on, you know, the fit, how the organization is ran, what they're going to do to make them successful. Detroit has not made really anybody successful in, I don't, in their entirety, especially since I've been alive. I, I haven't seen it. So if he goes there, like, cool, I just want to make sure, you know, everything else is taken care of, hope for the best. Maybe they turned the new leaf. Maybe Dan Campbell is the guy to, to, to bring the spark for the whole Motor City. I don't know. But right. I just know everything else around it has to be right. Right. And Anthony Lynn is the offensive coordinator. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how things go in Detroit. Uh, Kevin, just your thoughts, man. Do you think uh, his value is too low for Detroit? Or I should mean, he I, be taken prior to seven? Or is he right? Is this the right fit for Justin Fields in Detroit? I think it'd be a pretty good fit. If I'm Detroit, you know, you got a guy who everyone thought would be maybe the second pick. And now he's falling to seven. I think Detroit would be happy to get Justin Fields. Well, that's a phenomenal point, man. That's, you know, that's great. You know, yeah. you put the right, you put the right guys around him. You get some running game and you get, you got to improve the defense. But he uh, got weapons on offense. Got some weapons. The receivers, you know, they, they got some good receivers and uh, uh, the young running back this year, they, they, they drafted. He was here. Out of Georgia, uh, Swift. Yeah, yeah, he dropped the game. Yeah. Uh, pass he dropped the, the pass against the Bears, yeah. He was if good. Not, we wouldn't have made year. the playoffs. Right. Yeah. You're right. The rest of the year, he had he second half of the year, he was excellent. Uh, especially he had good numbers. He catches the ball really well. I mean, um, I mean the Detroit beat the Bears. I mean, I can't can't can they should have beat him twice. I, I'm you know, if they gotta put a defense together. I mean, Detroit's defense was awful, so they gotta put deep, but I think Justin Fields I think would be a good fit. I mean, I think he definitely he's a top you know, top five talent in this draft. And I think uh, he has the tools. He, he's got to stay healthy. Uh, he's had a few nagging injuries over the last year or so. And, but he's got to stay healthy, He, you know, and, and I think that's key for him. He's not really tall and um, maybe, maybe he's got to, he's got to stay healthy. Uh, that's the key. And they got to put some weapons around him. But I think Detroit would be a good pick. I mean, you know, you got a guy who's, like I said, let's go two and now he's going seven, you know, but I don't want the Lions to do good. <laughs> You know, we're so with Packers and uh, exactly. So go ahead and draft a tight end, Detroit. They could draft a tight end again. They could draft. Remember, every year Detroit would draft a wide receiver. Literally (laughs) in the first round, they would. I think three years in a row, they drafted a receiver, and everyone's like, "Why keep drafting a receiver in the top ten three years in a row?" And I mean, Detroit's franchise, but again, they could turn it around. Look at Cleveland. Cleveland got the right quarterback, got some good defenders. Look at Buffalo. They got the right quarterback, and they got, you know, some weapons, and they've turned it around. Those three franchises basically to 
in the cursed NFL. Three worst. Phenomenal point, man. But yes. I will, I will point this out, though. With those three quarterbacks, they also have the right coaches for them, though. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if the guy's the coach. That guy, that press conference was not mm. – that press conference was very shaky, to say the least. I think uh, some some press conferences you just know, you just yeah. know. With Adam Gase, Kevin, and Jamar, we knew after that press conference, we just knew, we just knew it just it wasn't going to work out after that press conference. Yeah, and this reminds me of the same thing with Dan Campbell. Yeah. So, um, if if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be pointing to that press conference. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Detroit. This day's been they've been cursed. I mean, there's a lion fan. All right. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So phenomenal insight, guys. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, Detroit will be lucky, man. If you got a guy that a lot of people viewed as top two and you get him a seven, that's like hitting a lottery. And so yeah, we'll see what Detroit does. Um uh organization has been just ravaged for oh, for my entire lifetime. They've they've been uh, irrelevant. And so yeah. Um, we'll see if they turn things in around. In my lifetime, too. too. My <laughs> lifetime. Your I'm lifetime. sorry. And I'm, and I'm over 50 years old, Brandon. I'm old. So they've made <laughs> one, one playoff win in 50 years. I mean, it's oh, like Cubs. I mean, it's just like there's the Cubs a few years ago. Like they're, right. they, have, they have a 60-plus year uh, championship. Uh, um, yeah, curse that. Yeah. It's, yeah, that, that, yeah. It's something going on in Detroit, and um, that, that is a, a tremendous point. And so um, we'll see what they do, guys. Um, the draft will be very interesting, and I will be looking forward to each and every pick, but especially Detroit's and the Bears, of course. Um, we'll definitely have a lot to talk about, I'm sure, amongst those picks. All right. So, um, Kevin Clark, you've been our guest today, man. You likely won't be on with us next week. So as a result, you have to get your pick for Super Bowl 55 this week so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs we need to know Kevin we need the girl Mr. Kevin Clark to give us his pick on Super Bowl 55 who wins Super Bowl 55 and why um I'm gonna go with the Chiefs I think even though Brady is the goat uh, I have too many weapons um I think the home field is not that big a deal first of all uh the Chiefs Mm -hmm. fans travel uh the stadium is going to be 50 50, basically, from a fan perspective. The Chiefs, it's a normal, they're having a normal game, right? Well, they're going to be 25,000 fans. And like, okay. I think about 10,000 are going to be healthcare workers. And then, I mean, the prices are going off the charts. And it sounds like $10,000 to get in. To get in. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think the home field, the Chiefs have played there. When the Chiefs played there earlier in the year, they had tons of fans. So the Chiefs have played this year with that same team. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to go over. The over/under is fifty-six and a half. It's going to. I think it's going to be. If I had to say a score, I say thirty-four twenty-seven. Um, I think it'll be a bit of a shootout. I think both teams can score. Uh, yeah. I think just the Chiefs' defense be, will hold. Uh, will pick off Brady once or twice, and that'll be enough. Um, they'll sack. I think it's going to be a very similar game to last year, where um, I think the Chiefs will make a comeback. Um, but I think their offense is, is – they can't hold them down. I mean, look at the first time the Chiefs uh, – Hill had over 200 yards, I think, um, in the first quarter against uh, Tampa Bay. I think um, Tampa Bay's pass rush has gotten better. So um, that'll be a factor. But I think um, – I, I think the Chiefs just have too much offense. Mahomes is 
It's going to be healthy. He's got the two weeks. Um, they're going to have a good game plan. Uh, it'll be a close game, uh, but I think it's going to be 34-27 Chiefs. I think it's the second Super Bowl in a row. I, every, but think about every Brady Super Bowl, there's been 10 of. Basically, every game has been close. I mean, they beat, they beat, uh, they beat the Rams by 10, but that came down in the last two minutes. Every other Super Bowl, every nine other – I think the eight other Super Bowls, I think, were one-score mm-hmm. games. So yeah. it's you know, a yeah. one-score game. And that's, that's the crazy thing. If you watch – if you go back and look at the – I think – I might be wrong. I'm almost, almost sure. Like every Super, New England's Brady You're Super right. Bowl has been a one-score game besides yes. the Rams where they beat them 13-3, to but they got a late field goal to put them away. But besides that, every other Super Bowl has been one score. Yep. So it's always a close game. It's going to be a close game. I do not see a blowout. Uh, the only way the Bucks win, if, if the Chiefs have some turnovers, um, I, they might have won maybe, but I, I just don't think uh, – I don't think the Chiefs – I think they'll be uh, uh, careful enough with the ball, and I think they'll put some points on the board, and I think they have too much speed. Uh, their safeties for the Bucks have been hurting a bit that's going to hurt them. I think a couple of their safeties were out at, during the second half of the Packer game. I'm not sure of their health. So uh, I, I think 34, 27, that's what I'm going with. And uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but uh, you can, you can mark this down. That's my, that's my pick. All right. Yes. And so Kevin, thank you for that wonderful analysis, man. Um, man you know, Brandon, go ahead, Jamar. And we, we should definitely keep a spreadsheet of these picks. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We are going to make sure that, um, and Jamar, so when we do our, you know, updates and different things during the uh, weekend, when you post things, yeah. make sure that we uh, post this as a video as well. Um, I think we have mentioned um, the sexual violence video, domestic violence, but we also should put the Chicago Skywin out there and Kevin Clark's pick. That way we have it on record. And so um, I'm wrong Kevin, and about it. All right. And so uh, thank you for that illustrious pick. Um, we will see. There could be some possibilities of agreement come next week. Um, and so we'll see. Uh, but that is uh, everything you stated is on point. It's phenomenal, man. And so thank you for that pick, Kevin. And thank you for being our guest today at the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast. Um, Great job. To, yes. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah. We're going to end our segment um, with yourself and Jamar. Um, but we always like to let our guests um, end uh, with uh, our final thoughts and shout outs. And so as we head into this weekend, Kevin, any final thoughts or shout outs as we head into this weekend? Do you want to point out the Cubs? Do you want to point out what's going on in the society or whatever? Um, it's, it's your call. Go ahead, Kevin. Okay, I got a few. First of all, thank you for having me on. It's great to talk sports with a couple guys. Uh, yes. I miss thank it. You. I miss it because, you know, we can't get together and watch football with the guys, my nephews and my brother and friends. I've missed that for the last year. So I really appreciate you guys, you know, and, and it's hard to talk sports with, you know, we chat, we text my buddies and all that, but it's different that, you know, kind of talks, talk nuts and bolts with sports. I really appreciate you having me on. I owe so, you, Brandon, take you out in Arlington Heights and show you the town. And when, when after the pandemic and we're going to play some basketball, Brandon, me and you. All right. Pick up, yes. I'm gonna we show played you how to- it before at all state, uh, Jamar and uh, basketball leagues. Brandon, Brand's good player, but he, he's kind of sometimes like Russell Westbrook, he shoots too much. Sometimes, uh. <laughs> uh. 
and you need to work on your jump shot a little bit. Uh, you oh, oh no, I have the best jump shot in the world, man. And you're, you're, you can blow by me easily, but you got to work on the jump shot, okay? I'm just, just oh wow, I, I'm just telling you, I'm slow, but I can shoot. So just we're, we're going to play some hoops. When All the, right, Kevin, shoot. Sure. Right. Yeah, you you're gonna play hoops with me in a few months, okay, Brandon? Jamar's over there rolling. Well, Jamar plays basketball. I see Jamar playing basketball. He's a right. You got you're on a team, right? Or you know, oh, yeah. Brandon plays. We gotta get Brandon out. He says he's too old. If I'm 50 and I'm playing, you gotta be playing, Brandon. Yeah, you're not too old, man. You're not too old, Brandon. You gotta get out. I never said I was too old. Where is this coming from? After you were tonight, you're like, well, you had a baby. I understand you had a baby. Uh, <laughs> Not if the baby's getting old enough. You're going to come out and play some hoops in <laughs> local areas with me. We got local places. You live right next all to right. me. No excuses. So thank you for having right, me. Right. Joking yes. all around. Thanks for having me on. A couple of shout outs. Yeah. Well, healthcare workers, you know, I have one in my family. We have the vaccine, the tests, and shout out to all of them. Everyone's doing a great yeah. job. I think it's knock on wood. Hopefully, new organ the new, the new administration fixes a few things. Yeah, they're moving pretty quickly, man. Yeah, they're, I think they're, they're moving rapidly with it. I think, uh, but all the healthcare workers that have been dealing with this for the last year, now it's been a year, um, shout out to all those um, and everyone who's kind of been affected from that. Um, yeah. Shout out to the, from baseball perspective, legacy of Henry Aaron, who passed away this week. Yeah. Uh, underrated, underrated in that, you know, as an old baseball fan, he's the true home run king in my eyes and a lot of people's eyes. Uh and what he went through to get to that breaking the record and in the seventies and hitting in the dead ball era and consistency, 21 all-star games in a row. When you mm. look back at one of the most consistent great That's players, amazing. 21 all-star, 21 all-star games in a row. And he batted 300. So yeah. his legacy is somewhat underrated. And I mean, I, I was saying like, is this guy the greatest all time? Why do they not mention that? He, he, he's right there. He's right there. And I think his, his legacy, you know, when they broke, he was very, you know, when Bonds broke the record, he was, he, you know, he was uh, very um, great about it, but he understood it. Be, at the end of the day, as an old baseball fan and the baseball, love old baseball, you know, reading, I remember reading books about Henry Aaron and watching, I mean, I missed him in his career. He ended it when I was seven, but I saw the highlights and I mean, hitting his 700th, breaking the record, the pressure to break the record and the stories about that. Incredible, legacy. incredible man too it just just he is just no candles per you know great uh ambassador for baseball great yes, ambassador for baseball uh, mm -hmm. to the game last night i watched the i was fighting a line eye why am i doing my line i caught yeah Since my men's basketball team stinks i'm a line i fan now i'm not a lion now i've been a line i fan and they beat iowa last night yep uh I'm a big Illini fan, Io and Kofi, and I've been a Illini fan since uh, 1989 or 85. You know, I went to DePaul, but my DePaul basketball is bad. You know that Illini team, by the way, Kevin, is a lot of Morgan Park guys from my yeah. high school. Io, yeah, yeah, I went. You know, we've been dominating state basketball, and you, we you got go, three guys on that team. Did you go to Morgan? Two Park? freshmen. Yes. Did you go to two. Yes. Two freshmen and um, yeah, Kevin. I, I've told you there's plenty of days in the cubicles. You just—it's been a long time, but yes. <laughs> it's okay, and so yeah, 
Just about I, to let you know. Yeah, that, that team is Morgan Park. That's that's a Morgan Park basketball team. I saw him last year. I went to a high school basketball tournament last year, right before the pandemic, and Morgan Park was playing. They had the next game. And my high school was playing in the game before. And he shows up. My buddy next to me goes, hey, that's Io. Io drove <laughs> from Champaign. He won that day. He drove up and he came to the Morgan Park game. And then I, I went, I walked over to him. I said, great game today. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's a great kid. I, I love his mm-hmm. game. He's old school going to the mm-hmm. hoop. He attacks yeah. the aggressive. I definitely my favorite college basketball player I've seen the last 10 years. Uh, I love him. He, he's Illinois, a, he's I'm a, a big fan. I'm a, Illinois is my 1A, and hopefully they're, this is a year they're going to do something. But great game last night. It was, I mean, if you watched it, Iowa, Illinois was tense. I wish there was fans there, but. It was a it was an excellent game. Uh, all all my buddies were watching it, and we're all you know we're Illini fans, most of them. So, uh, shout out to all that. right, uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, those I mean that's uh, those are a few things I want to shout. Again, thanks for having me on, and uh, let me uh, give allow an old man to talk. You know, so because you guys are yeah. young, so I mean it's <laughs> great to have a great. It was great you let an old man talk a little bit about sports. So I appreciate hey, it. Hey, appreciate it, Kevin. Appreciate it, man. This summer, yes, yeah, for sure. You already know. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Now, I owe you a restaurant. Uh, visit Arlington Heights. Get you outside, and uh, we're gonna do a restaurant in Arlington Heights. I'm gonna show you the, the town. I take you out for All there. right. Great. Sounds good, man. I'm excited, and thank you again. And Kevin, um, once again, appreciate it, Jamar. And so, um, any final thoughts or shout outs, man, as we head into the weekend? Uh, two quick ones, both sports related. Uh, speaking of Illini, shout out to uh, Lovey Smith for, I guess, getting back in the NFL there. Uh, yeah, what I heard about him. Where did where is he going? Houston. Houston. Defensive oh, okay. A defensive coordinator. Uh oh. Yeah. So yeah, we, we might see some 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 JJ Watt coming back to life here. And the rest I'm of telling you, and Mar- Whitney Marcellus, a U of guy, U of I guy, Whitney Marcellus, great great defensive player. Yeah, and so um, that's awesome. I thought I thought I heard his name yesterday on the NFL Network on my car, but I'm like, Lovey Smith. Hmm. Let me Google him when I get a chance. I never got a chance, but thank you. No problem. And then, lastly, uh, this team was kind of mentioned earlier today, but just want to give them a shout out. The the boring old Utah Jazz. The yeah. boring old Utah Jazz. Fifteen and four. Love it. Mm-hmm. 11 in a row, yep. have the best point differential in the league right now. Blowing people Donovan out. Mi- Donovan Mitchell's in concussion protocol, and they're still winning. Yeah. Like, Mike Conley's playing great. Rudy Gobert's on a phenomenal, phenomenal tear right now. Mm-hmm. Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson looking like six man of the year. Yep. They look seasoned. They look hungry. They are flying under yeah. the radar, but they number yep. one in the West. Just want to give them mm-hmm. a shout out because they never get any roses. Yep, that's true. And um, Utah, uh, special shout out to Utah. Let's stay with the Utah Jazz because Jordan Clarkson definitely looks like a sixth man of the year. But Joe Ingles, guys, last night, he actually broke John Stockton's Utah Jazz three-point record. And um, yep. it was like, wow, he hit the first three and he tied it up and – you know, he was like, give me the ball again. Give me the ball again. <laughs> and he went ahead and he took um, the kids straight to school um, from um, who did they play last night? Was it the Mavs. Uh, Mavs. Yes, the Mavs. Yes. And so he took Tim Hardaway Jr. y'all to school. 
and he scored on him twice in a row. I got two straight three-point buckets. And so congratulations to Joe Ingles. Um, I also want to say, Chicago, put the guns down. Um, stay safe. Stay smart. Um, preserving life is definitely worth it. Um, you know, see too many young African-American men um, in our communities dying over senseless violence. So um, put the guns down. Show love. Spread love. Um, wear your mask and wash your hands. And so it's still a virus out there. We um, have people predicting that before the spring come, we could be looking at 500,000 deaths. We are definitely surpassed 400,000 plus. And so we have to be smart. We have to be methodical in how we move and we have to be very careful. And so um, with that, thank you all for tuning in to the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast. We uh, have been blessed by you all's presence. Thank you again, Kevin. And uh, may you all have a blessed and productive weekend. Peace. Peace out.